So welcome to City Hill. We exist to light up our world so that people can find life in Christ. Um, so cool that you guys are, are here today. Um, we got to celebrate Marv earlier. This is something we're going to be doing once every three months. Um, budget may fail every now and then, and we may do it once every six, but the intention um, is totally there to do that every three months. Um, I'm really excited about that just because, like Leke shared earlier before he beautifully led worship, was he said that he was at a funeral, and I know the person whose funeral it was, and though they have no close effect on, on my life, I do know a lot of people, and I'm talking probably 20 to 30 people who this person had such a significant impact into their life. And, and Marv raised the question that actually this individual who's, who's passed now and is with Jesus may not have known just how, yeah, Eden, important they were to those around them. They may feel like they weren't appreciated for what they did. And one of the biggest things about um, City Hill and with us as, as, we, as we grow together as individuals and as a collective, it all comes down to what culture we want to build. It all comes down to what type of group of people we want to be, how we want to be, how we want to treat one another, how we want to see those within us and those we see outside of us. And this, the, this thing that we did today and we're gonna be doing time and time again is an intentional moment of pausing in our life and in our existence and saying, well, if we're gonna be here, this is who we're gonna be. And we're gonna to refuse to not be intentional about this because so often in our lives, we can move straight through the flow and not thank and not, be, not express the gratitude we have for people. It's so easy to experience something wonderful and feel thankful, but not to actually express it. And the great thing about this is each time we're gonna to get to celebrate someone different for what they're doing and about them being a part of our church and being a part of our identity and how they serve and how, what they're doing for God's kingdom here and now as a part of City Hill. And so it's gonna be so key for all of us that each time this happens to be so excited for that individual and to love and to honor them because actually what we're doing isn't just about us as individuals and making them feel good. What we're doing is we're working as part of the redemption and the restorative um, practice that Jesus has brought in his death and his resurrection, where all kind of are, are equal at the foot of the cross. Like you can talk about like maybe living a slightly, a slightly holier life than me, but the problem you'll have is even if we talk about holiness in a measurement of height, and say you're like six foot 10 in your measurement of height and I'm like four foot eight. Ultimately, when God's standard is the moon, um, it's pretty irrelevant, those inches. And so we can sit there and boast, but we're gonna celebrate each other. And that's an awesome and exciting thing that we get to take part in. And um, I'm really glad that we, we did that. Now, at City Hill, we've got a distinct uh, mission and vision that God gave us. And so the reason this exists at all is because when I felt called to start this church, one of the things and the passages that has always been there that was the, the, the birth of the name City Hill that was the reason behind it was from what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 5 and um, verses 14 um, to 16. And we're going to take a look at that today. But if, if we're going to summarize that as a mission statement, for us that is that we exist to light up our world so that people far from God can find life in Christ. That's, that's it, that's the reason we exist. There's no other reason to waste your Sunday. There's no other reason than that. There's, there's nothing else. Like if we remove this, it's just a waste of time. 
But this is our, our God-given identity. This is what God is speaking to us as a church. This is who, us, who he wants us to be. So everything we're going to do is intentional. The award that Marvin got today is intentional. It's an Edison light bulb award with the City Hill logo engraved on it. And it's got what it's awarded to on the side of it for shining your light, being a good servant of God in this church. It's there. Like The award is intentional. Our logo is intentional. Our name's intentional. Our messages are intentional. We're always focusing on living differently because that's what rabbis did. They taught you how to live. They gave you the why factor of it. Um, everything we do is about this. It's about shining what God has given us. It's about lighting up our world. So there are people in our lives um, this week that we need to be like the Edison light bulb on, on Marv's um, award. Because ultimately what light does is light is not something you see. Light reveals what's there. So what we are called to do as a church is we're called to reveal what's there. We're called to shine a light on it. And so when Jesus talks about it, he talks about it in Matthew 5. Just reading the the verse um, before. You are the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost its taste, how should its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under feet. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. So everything about us is about lighting up our world so that people far from God can find life in Christ. And that ultimately ends with God getting his glory. So in this passage, the people would see how people were living different, how they were treating people differently, and it would result in God getting glory. So that's our raison d'etre. That's that's our reason for being. That's why we're here today. Now, a few things on this passage that are so so important for us to know about. So in the Jewish tradition, um, they had a lamp in their house, and a house was pretty much a room, like one room. So you'd have this one lamp, and it would light up everything. So the lamp that they had was really, really small. The average house in this passage to the audience he's speaking to wouldn't be a huge light. It would be a really small light. And what they would do is they would strategically position the light so that all would receive it in the room. So when he's talking about it, he goes, you don't have your lamp and hide it under a basket. That would be stupid. Your lamp is so small. It's not very bright. You wouldn't be trying to set this romantic aura by dimming it slightly with a basket. Like You wouldn't be able to see. He says you strategically place it on the lampstand so it gives light to all who are in the room. One of the biggest problems we have as a Christian is twofold. We sometimes look at the light that we have and we say, my light's not very big. So it doesn't really matter where I put it. doesn't matter how I position this. It's not very big. The other thing about us as a society is this. He talks about the illustration of positioning on a lampstand and he talks about under a basket. Now, for this culture at this time, you have to understand... This is quite a significant message because the Jewish people were a very, very proud people and they had a strong sense of identity. And for them, whenever they were subject to the rule of someone else, it was because things had gone really, really wrong. And at this time, they're under the rules of the rule of the Romans. And sometimes I've noticed this this trend with, with Christian churches and also throughout the passage of the the Old Testament is that often when there isn't this kind of ownership and and authority, what happens is sometimes when we don't have ownership of something, we don't back it. So like what I've noticed with Christians is that unless the whole event is like a Christian event from start to finish, 
it's like, it's kind of not evangelistic. And people can kind of flinch a little bit. Like, they'll be like, okay, well, I'd only kind of engage with like, you know, like a, a Christian rave. I'd only engage with um, um, this if, it, if it's that. And if it's not, it's, it's worldly, it's darkness, it's, it's evil. And um, the whole point of this story is, and they, oh, I've just got my small light, like unless I'm going out with enough brothers that I'm accountable, enough sisters that we, we hold it down together and we, and, and we have this whole mentality. Whereas here, his mentality is this. He's saying, you've got to let your light shine and you've got to position it and you've got to be strategic because the temptation that comes when a, when a culture, their culture at the time, people, the Roman people were not in favour of, of, of Jewish beliefs, of Jewish traditions, and then later after Jesus' death and resurrection, they became this real um, anti, um, they took a real negative position against the church, really negative, to the point where if we're going to talk about letting your light shine, what the Romans used to do was they would crucify um, Christians and they would set them on fire and leave them as torches in the street, like street lights. So when Peter was writing one of his epistles, that was something that was happening in their context, in their culture. And often when there's this negativity towards us and when there's persecution and when there's like, that's not cool, like put that away. One of the key things I find with my friends is the thing that always gets banded about is what you don't talk about at a party or a social gathering. Oh yeah, everyone knows you don't talk about politics and religion. Well, looking at the country the last two weeks, you definitely talk about politics a lot because no one shuts up about it. Like Twitter won't shut up about it. Facebook, I can't log in without flipping reading Brexit. Here, there, everywhere. I have my breakfast and I'm, think, I'm having to reread what it says on the side because I'm thinking I'm reading Brexit Bix or whatever. It's like, it's everywhere, it's everywhere. I go to work, there's always a Brexit joke. There's always a joke, isn't there? There's the Euros, England went out, we did vote out leave. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was straight away everywhere. It's everywhere, you can't escape it. Right now, like people who never gave a, a flip about Boris Johnson can't stop talking about him. Like the last time I heard anyone talk about Gove was when he ruined the education in this country and tried to make academies everywhere and force it through. Now all of a sudden everyone's talking about Gove. It's, it's, it's insane. Everyone's a political expert about everything. Well, I've heard from who? Like, it's almost like the football transfer window. I've got a mate down at Liverpool who knows the kit man who says that this person's coming. People are doing that, but with politics. They're like, oh yeah, I've got a mate at the stock exchange. I had it at work, people were going to me, oh, you want to get in quickly and buy at Barclays, mate? They've gone down 20%, it's gonna go shoot right back up. They're still shooting down your mug. You could have got it cheaper later. But everyone's an expert, and everyone's talking about all these different types of things. And the thing we've been told is, keep politics out of the party. Don't talk about it. And when it comes to religion and Jesus, all the time it's like, ah, oh, yeah, you know, it is. Don't talk about religion, don't talk about politics. But actually what Jesus says here is he goes, whatever you do, do not stick this under the basket. Don't stick this under the basket. He also doesn't say, don't grab the lamp and stick it in someone's eyes. <laughs> doesn't say that either, does he? He doesn't say, go up to someone and blind them with a lamp to the eye. He doesn't say that. He goes, yeah, get the hot part of the fire and stick it right in the iris and just mess them up for life, that they're blinded by it. He doesn't say that either. He says, be strategic. He says, position it somewhere that it gives light to all who are in the room. So when we look at City Hill and the vision by what God has called us to do, He's called us to ask this question of ourselves individually, to say, in my workplace, where do I position it that people will see who Jesus is? 
in my school, in my family, in my friendship circle? Where do I position him? It's not about, oh, that looks really good. Yeah, go for it, mate. That, that looks really good. That looks really good. That's all bad, that's all bad. Yeah, thanks Teddy, it's Ramadan. <laughs> 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 uh, nothing like a good old religion joke, joke, joke is there really. That starts off with loads of jokes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you got loads of bacon on there as well? <laughs> yeah. that, that, that'd, be, that'd be really interesting. Can I? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not even getting a response left. Yeah, hashtag dead that. So, so, when we look at this, he says about being strategic. That means as individuals, what you and I have to do is we have to actually think about it. We have to think about it. And not just here and now, but in the spur of the moment as well. Sometimes I've seen like Christians in, in social settings where they want to tell someone about Jesus. And it's like this window of opportunity opens where someone mentions something like, you know, oh, look, my bag's made in China. Made! We were made in the image of God. You know what I mean? You're like, oh, mate. You just literally grabbed the candle and shoved it in someone's eye. What are you doing? You donut. I don't know you. And then you have to do that awkward thing. At work, I work with loads of Christians in my workplace. And it's probably like a 50-50 divide. There's 50% Christian, and then there's probably like... Uh, 15% Muslims and the rest are, oh mate, they're all different shapes and sizes and different apples of the tree. And then quite a lot of um, atheists as well. And like, I often find, even as much as this week, I had two, uh, two of the girls that don't go to church at all and one of the lads, we were all in this conversation about God and stuff. And they looked at me and they said, you know what Andy, you're not like the others, I could probably actually go to your church. That's what they said. Because the other guys, they're constantly on the lookout like to blind you with a candlestick. They're like, I've got this light of mine and I will let it shine. <laughs> like even if the overload of the light blinds your iris forever and you never want to see who Jesus is for yourself, I'm going to flip and do it. Jesus saying be strategic, position it. It's a small light. You haven't got the world's biggest light. You haven't got this overpowering floodlight. You haven't got the bat signal. You're not just going to flash it one time. Everyone's going to be like, yes. You are Batman, yes you are Jesus, I'm in, boom. It's not gonna happen like that, but you have what you have and you're responsible for it and I'm responsible for it and it's how we position it. So as a church, we explore and I encourage all of you to explore this passage and start to think, where can I place the light that I have in my friendship circle, in my workplace, in my situation, that this friend or this person can see who Jesus is. The second way is as a collaboration. As a church, as a collective, we're taking this seriously and looking at the different ways that we together can shine one light. So over the course of this series, the next couple of weeks, there's going to be opportunities and we're going to be looking at each week the different teams, the different areas of City Hill, some that already exist, some that, are gonna, uh, that kind of exist and some that are going to exist and we're going to have opportunities to see how we can get linked in. But the reason we get linked in is only for one thing. It's to intentionally shine the light that people see who Jesus is. It's that we light up our world so that people far from God can find life in Jesus. That's the whole reason we do everything we do. There's nothing we're ever gonna do that isn't for that reason. Like for example, we had that sign done. A guy just looked, walked past and read it and turned his head as he went past. We just positioned something strategically. It's just a sign. But you position it strategically and someone might check out our website. Someone might engage with us. You have that friend that you can say, hey, go to my church's website. On the front page, it says, plan your visit. Go there, plan your visit. I know they're gonna have a cool gift for you when you get there. If you reply to their email they'll send you, you'll have a great, they'll, make, they'll roll out the red carpet for you. They'll make a fuss of you. We'll have the Prosecco out, whatever we have to do. 
your friend replies that signs up to that, replies to the email, they get sent automated. We've got an automated system which lets them know, uh, welcome, um, anything we can do to make your visit extra special. Next one, here's what to expect. Do you have any kids? If they do, we'll have a gift here for their kid waiting. We've got it on lock. We've got it ready. The system's there straight away. We want to position the light that Jesus has. Want, even if they never come back again, like we position the light and we haven't been annoying. We've sought to give them a good evening. You know what I mean? And that's what we're all about. That's what Jesus is all about. We don't have to close the deal. We don't have to blind them. We don't have to wear a white suit like Benny Hinn, Benny Hill, Benny whoever. We don't have to do it. You don't have to, she came on a Honda, the keys to my Sierra, let's have a shandy. You don't have to do it. You just have to strategically position your life. That's what Jesus calls us to do. That's what he's called us to do. And that's what we're going to do over the course of this series. I'm going to um, pray for us um, today. And then after I've prayed, we'll, we'll pray for Marv. Because at the beginning of the, this um, service, we celebrated Marv. We gave him an award. It'd be really great if we could pray for him. Um, but I'm going to pray for us here and now. Father, we've heard your call. These aren't my words. I didn't make them up. They're yours. You've said a city on a hill cannot be hidden, and it can't. It lights up the place. People see it for miles. Father, would this place be a place that people would see for miles? Father, as individuals, as little lamps, little lights that sometimes we may think, I've got nothing to give. Like, who's going to pay attention to what I have? Father, may we learn to strategically place the light that you've given us, because ultimately we want people to praise you and that you'll get the glory, because that's what we care about. Lord, you're first. We love you, Father. This week, help us to see the strategic opportunities where we can shine your light, where we can live differently, where we can do things differently, where we can treat people and love people and treat them with respect. Help us to find ways to bring Jesus back into the conversation, but not like any of those nutters that look for those weird links. May we bring natural but supernatural conversation that changes people's lives because that's what you've done for us and we want to see you change the lives of those we meet this week, Lord God. In Jesus' name, amen.